Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Marshall Craig. Now Marshall is a hearing instrument specialist with Paget Hearing Aid Center in Texarkana, Arkansas. We're going to be talking about hearing loss and how it's a common problem in older adults. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show and as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way before making your call. The number is 318-219-4569 and we'll tell you that a few times throughout the show in case you haven't written it down. 318 219-4569 and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Marshall. Hi, Terry. Thanks for having us again. Excited to be here. Oh, we're very excited to talk to you. Um, and again, let's, let's start with, why don't you go ahead and tell us what, what you do? What is a hearing instrument specialist? Sure. So we work pretty much exclusively with hearing aids. Uh, our main focus is uh, obviously the testing, diagnosis, knowing what we're looking at, and then the moving forward into the fitting, programming, uh, getting direct response from the hearing aid. So uh, as there is work in audiology, ear, nose, and throat, we do uh, some work with those uh, departments, but more our focus is gonna be uh, on the hearing aids. Do we need hearing aids to correct a problem uh, and everything that goes along with that. Yeah, it's such an interesting concept, an interesting tool to help us here that many of us may have taken for granted over the years. You just get a hearing aid, but it really is specific. Um, are there a lot of different kinds and are there different kinds that are right for different people? How does it work? Absolutely, great question. I mean, I think everybody's got the idea of a hearing aid. Somebody that they knew, family member, somebody had a hearing aid at one point in time, and that is the thought of it. Uh, also, what goes along with that tends to be that things are louder. We just make them louder. Um, but now in, in this uh, day and time, we're really in the age of digital technology, artificial intelligence. So once we have the full battery of testing done, we know our pure tone results, we know our speech results, we can then apply that directly into the hearing aid in a digital format where we're just correcting what needs to be corrected. It's not just making things louder or making this tone deeper. It's a direct response where the deficiency is, which in turn gives us a much uh, better response, uh, much more efficient in the transition from not wearing to wearing. Uh, so overall, just the overall experience uh, tends to be a, a lot more pleasant, uh, a lot easier transition than it could have been in the past because the technology wasn't there. That is such a good explanation too. I love saying that because we have heard before, if it just makes it louder, um, we're making all of the noise louder instead of just the person we want to hear. But you're saying it really is more specialized and, and filtered out. And you really, if you wear a hearing aid, chances are you're going to hear specifically what you're trying to hear, not all of the other noise around you. So it, it, most likely it's gonna open up. It, it really depends on the severity of the loss, what the slope is, where is the deficient, area is it all frequencies is it high frequency is it low frequency and then kind of uh, going back to your question about different sizes styles types uh, i would say there's a good six seven different styles of hearing aids now the inner workings of that the circuit chip and what's processing uh, that information would be the same but there are different styles uh, for different types of losses different power needs um, you know, different physical needs. So there's a, a lot of different ways that we can get that done. 
but we don't really know until we get started with the hearing test. Which is such a good reason to come in and get tested. Um, how often should we test our hearing? I think it needs to be a, an annual updated uh, test. You know, just like you see your, your primary care, uh, you see your dentist, you see your optometrist or ophthalmologist. Uh, having hearing health being part of your annual battery of testing uh, is always a good recommendation. If you have any questions, uh, you know, it's always good to know. Um, and so things that we can clear up versus do we need to look at hearing aids or no, we're okay. It was just a wax issue, something simple like that. That is a really good point that I've never thought about. Just you're, you're hearing once a year. So whether we always think we go get our hearing tested if we're something wrong and we don't know it's wax filled up. We don't know if we're losing it. We go when there's a problem. But you're saying it really is a good idea. Just like everything else, get tested once a year on your hearing. Make sure everything's good. Absolutely. Having a baseline, uh, it's, it's information. That's what it gives us. So we know if we need to, to look at something to correct that problem or if it's something you know on the outside as i mentioned wax or, or something else going on possibly infection uh, that doesn't require a hearing aid but we don't know unless we we have it checked out and you bring up a really good word that i like we like to pay attention to that baseline go ahead and get that first one it, while you're feeling healthy and you can hear and get that because really what you're looking for whether it's a mammogram or a colonoscopy or any kind of test that we have yearly or periodically you're really looking for change in that baseline so you can tell that the, part that the specialist can say well this is reading a little different if you haven't noticed and so you could catch it so that baseline go get it now and then go every year is that correct absolutely every year to two years and obviously if, if you feel like there's a, a drastic change uh, that happens fairly quickly the sooner you're seeing the sooner uh, that can be diagnosed and, and addressed and uh, hopefully go from there uh, get that taken care of Great advice. I'm going to take you up on that. So speaking of that, what happens during our initial visit with you? So it would start obviously with, with paperwork as that all does. We've got to get some basic information uh, and then it's, it's kind of fact finding. It, it's questions and answers. What's going on? Why are we here? What are you noticing? Uh, and really get as much information as we can up front. From there, obviously, otoscopy, looking in your ears, making sure the, the, that we're not occluded, that the health of the eardrum and the canal is good. Uh, move into our battery of testing, which we call Pure Tone. Uh, so uh, anybody that has done it, you've got the headphones or, or ear inserts, and, and we get an idea of how you're hearing in different frequencies that are the basis of how we build that correction in the hearing aids. From there, we take that information and move into uh, speech testing, uh, speech reception, word recognition, uh, speech and noise testing. So there's a lot of things that we can do to get better information on not how, not only how you're hearing beeps and sounds, but also how your brain is processing words and speech and how are we hearing that? What is the actual information that we're getting? so that we can then apply the right recommendation uh, if needed uh, to that and, and fix that going forward. And that's another good point too, I've always heard that your, your speech is tied to your hearing. And is that something to look for either in yourself or maybe a loved one or somebody around if there's a difference in their speech, a slurring or something like that, that could also lead to hearing loss? 
Well, I, I think there, there's neurological ties to that. I think more what I was referring to was, is how your brain is processing speech from others. Okay. So being able to decipher specific words that sound very similar but are different in meaning and so that that doesn't get lost in conversation and we're behind you know trying to constantly put that puzzle uh, together put that picture together when we don't have all the pieces per se all right so before i get mad at somebody for calling me a name i might mean to think about maybe it's my hearing maybe i didn't hear them right so yeah it's a good thing to know so you know yes. it just seems like such a, a a, a wonderful center or something special about it. Tell us um, how it stands out and why it stands out from your competitors and what would make us choose your hearing aid center? Well, I think it, it, it's definitely a, a personal experience. Um, in addition to what I mentioned about the style and everybody kind of having an idea, uh, I think there's also unfortunately some uh, instances where people have been you know, maybe led down the wrong path. They were given this hearing aid and then that person disappeared. Uh, so it needs to be, you know, that we're on the same page with each other. This is a team effort, it's a group effort uh, in terms of myself, our other specialists, and the patients we're working with. Really understanding what it is they're looking for, being able to create real, real results excuse me, or also temper those results. What can we feasibly, uh, you know, expect going forward? Once we have that information, it really gives us a clearer picture of what we're looking at uh, and, and how we can approach it. So the, the personal touch, I mean, is a big part of this. Uh, I myself grew up with it. My mother, my grandmother uh, had significant profound hearing loss and it's it's something that I, I don't know that you understand unless you're in it or if you've dealt with it and then at that point how can we relate to that person and their issue whether it's them or their family uh, their loved ones what is actually going on and how do we create better results than what it would be without it and hopefully stabilize that loss going forward Oh, you're right, it does. That personal touch really goes a long way when you're going to someone some about your health and someone who's been through it. So um, we have a caller for you. His name is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. What is your question? We have a caller for you. His name is Daniel. Hello. Hi, Daniel. What's your question? Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. I'm, uh, I think you must have lost me. Daniel, are you there? Hello. We can hear. Is your TV? You want to turn your TV down? I think I'm, maybe you can. I worked offshore. Oh. Okay. I worked offshore, and uh, there's a lot of frequencies that I, I don't hear, along with being dyslexic, you know. Okay. Have you been tested, Daniel? Have you ever had a hearing test to get a baseline of what your of what your current situation is? Coast Guard test uh, for. But, you know, uh, physical. Okay, and that was that was a while back, or that was recently. That was a long time ago. Okay, okay. So, my advice, my recommendation would be to go see someone like myself. This, excuse me, like myself, a specialist or an audiologist that can do a test on you and get a new baseline of what's what your deficiency is and then if there are 
you know, approaches to being able to fix that uh, with particular frequencies, those can vary out and we can lose those. Um, but you definitely want to know if it's been a while since you've been tested, uh, I would recommend getting tested so that you really know and, and get a recommendation from a specialist that can give you an idea of what could, uh, what could be done to help. Take Medicare and Medicaid. We, we do, we take all insurances, we look for them in terms of do those pay for hearing aids, we don't know until we look at the policy. All right, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was going to be on live TV till I, <laughs> till I could kind of tune in there. Oh, that's fine, yeah. Daniel, we're happy no to talk worries. to you. Yeah, that's great, so glad that you called. Right. Did you get your um, question you answered? Much. You're welcome. Good luck to you. Yes, absolutely. And Marshall, tell, tell us, I love when people like Daniel call in and they specifically just want to know whether it happened a long time ago or it happened now, and they may not really know where to start or what to do. So definitely find someone like you and just get tested and see where you are. Let a specialist tell you how your hearing's doing. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's the only way we're really going to know. Having documentation, uh, having whether it was an old test that we have access to, or uh, obviously we would compare to that. But if we, if that's been years ago, uh, a test is really only we're going to take that information as being accurate for a year, and then after that, uh, we would want to do a new baseline to figure out what where what we're looking at you know where we are right now and how do we need to approach it because that's the reality of where we are right now right so start with where you are right now and then maybe talk about what led up to it in fact so that it doesn't keep going so Paget Hearing, I just want to get back to the, the center itself, Paget Hearing Aid Center in Texarkana Arkansas it just seems like a very special place too what is the history of this place so Paget started um, back in 1979 with Mr. Pat Paget. Uh, he's a South Texas guy uh, from from Bastrop, Texas, and he uh, got into the industry at the recommendation of a friend uh, back in the late 70s. From there, uh, it became his life's work to help people uh, hear and understand better, create a better quality of life, which is really where we are with hearing aids now. Uh, if we can fix that issue or make it better, uh, then, then that's what we're looking to do. Uh, over the years, he practiced, and uh, I guess it was back in uh, 2016, 2018, uh, decided he, he wanted to retire, but figured out he wasn't fully ready to retire, uh, and that's where uh, Aaron and Brenda Gonzalez came in and, and purchased his practice, uh, kept Mr. Paget on, uh, on staff, uh, still needed him around, and then uh, they were able to expand uh, to what we call the North Clinics uh, up here in the Arklatex uh, and acquired them uh, that last June, June of uh, 22. So um, been around for a long time, seen a lot of things. I think exposure and experience uh, play a big factor in anything, but really being able to see uh, the change of the industry over time, uh, where things are going and how much more efficient they are uh, has, has really, you know, he's seen it all and he's done it uh, longer than I've been alive. So, uh, you know, it's definitely good to fall back on Mr. Pat uh, and Aaron and, and all our other specialists as well. 
Well, it sounds like a great family there, starting with Mithra Padgett and then moving on to the Gonzales. I, I know Bastrop, Texas very well, and it must be yeah. part of where that that hometown you know, community feel is definitely what Mr. Padgett brought to this hearing aid center and then just brought with him up here and then found all of you. So uh, definitely can feel that going back to what makes it so special there. I can see that. So, and you're right, sure. isn't it interesting to learn from someone who has been and seen so many changes? What are some of the things that you've learned from him specifically? So, you know, going into the digital age, I think that really started about 10 years ago um, and, and seeing some of the old technology, working with different brands, seeing these manufacturers, you know, go, that, the art of hearing aids, the art of audiology uh, and, and hearing instrument specialization is really only about 50, 60 years old. So you can go back to when it was just amplifying it was just volume making things louder and then how do we get those precise uh, precise changes precise adjustments that we can make now when it wasn't even available then everybody thought of it yes we test in these different frequencies but we can't necessarily get to them how do how does that change and so the audio engineers the manufacturers the audiologists uh, doing their work and having their input to put into a digital device now uh, has really been revolutionary in what we can do and how we can make correction. You know, being able to hear and work with somebody that's had hearing aids for 20 years and put on something new and say, this is almost like I remember before the loss, you know, kind of took over, hearing the best that they ever have. Uh, that's really something special that, you know, being able to give that back is, is indescribable a lot of times. That has got to be so rewarding, like you said, um, for some, and a lot of people, do you find that a lot of people are walking around with hearing loss, they hear well enough, they don't realize that they could get their hearing back and hear like they used to. Someone could really help them. A lot of times, do we just think we're getting older so we just live with it? Um, but here you're here to tell them now, get tested. There is something you can do and you can hear again, just like you used to. Sure, absolutely. I think the adage, it is what it is. We all fall victim to that uh, on occasion, but knowing is, is, is knowledge. Having that knowledge, knowing what we're looking at, being able to have it explained in detail, make an educated decision on, on what you wanna do and what you feel comfortable with. There are, are different price points for different people, for different technology. So it's not just a, well, it can be a one size fits all, but it's not. Everything is, everybody is their own puzzle. Every patient is unique in their own way to the extent that, uh, you know, a lot of the, the people that we work with on the manufacturing side, a, a hearing loss, a patient's hearing loss is as unique as their fingerprint. So to have a blueprint of what's going on, it, it's every person is their own situation that we have to figure out as we go. That's so true. And do you find that people nowadays, it's, it's so good now, shows like this and getting to talk about it, I'm sure with your word of mouth talking to people, it's good for people to know that there is help out there where they think there isn't, there is help. And then also do you find that even when people know they could get a hearing aid, they still resist it for some reason? Yes, we do see it. I think we're fortunate enough to to have the name that we have and have been around in the areas that we we have that we're in that 
a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times the patient, when they end up with us, they're ready to do something. I will say from, from the get-go, if, if we start and we go through all this, you know, we do our testing and we find out the information, if you're not ready to do it, it's not gonna work. I can tell you, I can explain it, but you have to be on board. You have to be a willing participant. And from there, we're on the same team. We're working together. I will do everything within my power, my knowledge, and the, the knowledge or, or the capability of the hearing aid uh, to make it work as best as possible. You said it again perfectly. We find out with so many things we talk about in Helpline 3 and other things. If you're not ready to take the action, if you're not ready to accept this uh, offer, it really just isn't going to work. It's not going to sit well. You're just not going to be able to do it. So um, that makes sense. And by the time they come to you, they're ready. They've got their trust in you and they're ready to find out what's going on. Yeah, we, we hope so. You know, you, you don't know until you get there, but uh, making sure they're on board is vitally important going forward. Because if we don't, if we're not wearing it, if we're not ready to do it, we can't really get any information from the patient, from the device to really know what is or isn't working to make changes. We've got to have time. We've got to have some exposure with it to really know what the perception is and how do we look to fix it. Uh, based on the information that we get from the devices themselves. Right, like anything else, it still is a team effort. Once you get them, there's still communication with you, there's adjustments, um, it's just you have to keep going. It can get better and better and better. So walk me through that. I've come to you, I've decided we're gonna get a hearing aid. Um, how long does it take usually from the time we decide this is what you need till it actually gets to you? So it depends on the device. Uh, we have styles that are over the ear with a little processor behind your ear with a little wire that goes into the ear. Those are, are typically the turnaround time can be same day in some cases. If we have uh, the level of technology and the color, so to speak, uh, we can do some of our situations or some of our evals and fittings in the same day. Uh, there are other devices that take a little bit longer to be produced, what we call customs, that are made specifically for that patient's ear, often impression that we shoot of the ear, uh, and those take normally about two weeks to be made. So once we have our decision, can be anywhere from that same day, a day or two out, up to two weeks, depending on the style of product that they're interested in. That's a pretty quick turnaround. That's really good. And when you talk about color, do you try to match the skin shade, the skin tone, so they're less noticeable for patients? Sure, sure. So we've got, you know, skin tone, hair colors is kind of the basics. I've got this, I can hold this up. Oh. So we've got a little wheel there, pink, uh, turquoise, purple, and then some of the darker colors in there as well uh, for, you know, maybe mess that up, but those are just personal preference. That's the shell uh, on the back of the hearing aid. So skin tone hair color is pretty much the norm. Yeah, but you can have little different colors and it can be like a little fashion statement, like accessories. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I think that's the way I'd go. I'd rock it. That'd be pretty cool. So you once know, the, the, the neat thing, people aren't looking for them. So this is, you know, right. People are gonna notice your family, your friends, your loved ones, the people you spend time with are gonna notice hearing loss before they're gonna notice a hearing aid. They're not looking for that. And they're so small now, 
it's it, it happens in passing and nobody notices. That is a very good point. I'm going to use that. You're going to notice the hearing loss before they notice a hearing aid. And once they do notice the hearing aid, it's just, it's just a part of it. It's not fairly all that noticeable. From And it probably isn't even a stigma anymore. I think sometimes back in the day, it probably was very, you know, to say I need a hearing aid. It's like needing a walker. It's needing other things. You know, we're afraid that we're going to be defined by that. And, and so that's sure. like some of the fear. Absolutely. I, I think that's the stigma is a great word. I, I use taboo, stigma. I mean, you think of it this way. It was this thing that grandpa had that's not the case anymore uh you know, you know and having something like if i'm taking a call at, at work something like my airpod something small like that that's considered cool and neat but we can't do we can't do a hearing aid that may be visible so uh you'll definitely notice the loss before you notice the hearing aid uh but i do as as you mentioned too some of that's starting to fade away uh, a lot of the people that are ready are coming in and you know, I don't care what it looks like. I just want to hear better. I want to understand better. Uh, so that, you know, that, that may be turning a little bit, uh, but I think, you know, visual of what that is, is always going to be something that, that we need to make sure it's streamlined. You know, it, it, it looks, looks good. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's important. You know, if we do, we have that confidence and you think it's something to do with people are living longer and want to live better. So they're willing to do that. I'm healthy in every other way, but I'm losing my hearing. I want to still function and I want to hear what's going on. So yeah, give me that hearing aid. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, that has been a, a good push, especially with all the manufacturers, uh, their work into the, the concept of hearing health is overall health. Hearing health is brain health. You know, being able to give your brain this information, correct information uh, is going to help you in, in every way, being able to be more active, being able to be more involved. Uh, all of it is tied together 100%. Yeah, it really does. It really makes a difference, especially if you are active and you do like you like living life. You just really like to have any help you can get. So let's talk about maintenance. When I Once I do get the hearing aid, do they need to be cleaned and how often? Do they come to you for that? How do I maintain my hearing aids once I get them? Sure. So a, a little bit of both. I mean, I think there's things that the, the patient needs to know. There's information about the hearing aids they need to know other than just putting them on. Uh, there's a lot of things we can do with them, whether it's rechargeability or Bluetooth capability. So it's these added features that come into play that are standard equipment in a lot of cases now. Outside of that, you know, we, we, we're human. We, we, we sweat. We have uh, sebaceous glands. That's where the, the wax comes from. We have oil that comes from our skin, dirt and dust from the atmosphere. So where as small as the devices are, there's, there's five major components that need to fire. And it starts with the microphones and it ends with the speaker in the ear of the receiver. So mm -hmm. if either of those are, are not working, if the circuit itself is not working, then we may not be getting the best results. Uh, we recommend a professional cleaning and service every three to five months. That way we can take the aid apart, change filters, uh, vacuum, uh, compressed air, do a pressure chamber, a lot of things that we need to do to just look at the overall. So kind of like an oil change for your hearing aids, just basic maintenance is going to keep them in better shape and going longer. 
Okay, that's good. And should they come back to you every time for that? And if they can't get to you, is there another, what do they look for? Like if they come to you in Texarkana, maybe it's not convenient to come when they're, how would they find someone else to do that who's certified and prepared to do that? So there's, you know, there, there's more around than you would think, but they're not on every corner, so to speak. So um, hearing aids are specific in brand or manufacturer, the components, uh, the microphone covers, the wax filters, things like that are specific. But if you search hearing aids, a lot of your general Google results are going to come up with who's in this area, what's close to this zip code. And most of us that are in this industry are going to do everything we can to help that patient, whether we saw them initially uh, or if it's something that, that we can order for. Uh, if we have the uh, components, if we have the materials, uh, we will always be more than happy to take care of them uh, or help them in finding uh, somebody that can service their brand specifically. All right, wonderful advice. Found out so much. I learned so much today. It's such a pleasure talking to you, Marshall. Before I let you go, would you like to give your phone number and let people know how to reach you? Absolutely. Again, thanks for having us. Uh, it's been a pleasure these last couple months. Uh, so we are in Texarkana. Uh, we're at 5124 Summerhill Road. These are our North Clinics for the, uh, for the Arclatex here at number 903-794-5839. We also have locations in Hope, Arkansas, as well as Dequeen, Arkansas. Uh, so that number, that 903-794, Five eight three nine. Uh, I'll just put that one out there, and we can transfer them through if we need to for the other clinics. Um, but yeah, we're we're here uh, five days a week uh, in all those clinics, and um, eight to eight thirty to five, and then eight thirty to two on Fridays. Okay, thank you so much. If I learned anything, it's go have a yearly hearing test. Marshall, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, and everyone, Thanks thank you for, for joining us. us for Helpline Three. We'll see you next time. Enjoy your day. Okay, are we up? Marshall, are you there? I'm good. Hi, I'm thank here. you yes, so much. Thank you, Miss Terry. It was great speaking with you. <laughs> Wonderful speaking with you. Hillary just stopped in here too. Hillary, talk real loud. Hillary's here to say hello. Hey, Marshall, good job. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Hillary. That was a really great show. Thank you so much for talking with me today, and it's a pleasure meeting you. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Thanks for having us. Sure, take care. You as well, bye-bye. Bye-bye.